Welcome to this episode of the Let's Get Cyclical podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Viola, a certified nutrition coach and fertility awareness method educator. Today, I'll be sharing all about my experiences throughout my pregnancy. We'll chat about nutrition, exercise, and how I'm preparing for the birth of my child. All right, so I really cannot believe that we are here, that I am recording this podcast pretty much summarizing everything I've experienced through these three trimesters of pregnancy. As of recording this, I am 37 weeks and four days, so pretty much almost at term. 37 weeks, by the end of 37 weeks, is considered to be early term, so if the baby were to be born, everything should be good and okay, and then as we get closer to that due date, you know, the better the better things will be. But I am really excited to recap everything. I am pretty much going to walk you through my experiences in trimester one, trimester two, and then up to this point in trimester three. And before we dive in, just want to say that I am going to be talking about my experiences, things that I was recommended by my midwives and medical professionals, and that this podcast is strictly informational you need to speak with your medical providers, especially if you are pregnant and looking to incorporate some of the things that you might hear me talk about on this podcast episode. All right, so let's dive in. Let's start with trimester one, which if you have been pregnant before, everyone knows that that is the trimester that can be super rough. I'm talking morning sickness, fatigue, bloating, changes to your emotions and, you know, mental state, pretty much all the things. I am really, really lucky to say that I had a fairly smooth first trimester. So all things considered, the two worst symptoms that I really experienced in the first trimester were just fatigue. I mean, but I shouldn't say that lightly. Like this was exhausting fatigue, like bone crushing fatigue. I was napping on the couch every single day. So in between client calls, I would just go and I would like set a little alarm on my Google Home and just take a cat nap in between working with my clients. But it was draining, it was exhausting. The other thing that I really dealt with in the first trimester was that towards weeks like nine through probably 13, I was dealing with some really rough migraines. Not every day, they would pop up randomly here or there, but I have not experienced migraines like this since I was in college and I was on birth control and I was dealing with horrible, horrible migraines at that time in my life. So this kind of brought some of that back as far as what I was dealing with. But those were really my two main symptoms. I mean, other than some of the common things like bloating, and constipation, which that's really typical, especially because our hormone levels are just increasing. So as estrogen and progesterone fluctuate throughout our menstrual cycle, when we're pregnant, those two hormones increase exponentially. And then that can lead to a lot of changes to pretty much everything, right? Our energy, our digestion, our emotions. So I'll talk a little bit about, you know, how did I I manage those things? What were some specific things I was trying to do from a nutrition standpoint to kind of mitigate those symptoms. So as far as the fatigue goes, I mean, I was just doing my best. (laughs) I was trying to let myself sleep, 
let myself rest when I needed to. But something that's really important when it comes to fatigue is really trying to nourish yourself as much as possible. So that is something I really continued and tried to prioritize. I was eating every couple of hours to make sure that my energy levels were staying stable as much as I possibly could. I was continuing to eat protein with every single meal or snack. And then I was trying to really increase my B vitamins, which very important for fertility and pregnancy, but also those are really beneficial when it comes to energy production. So that was a very big focus of mine at that time. As far as the migraines go, that was a little bit more challenging. As soon as I felt the headache coming on, I would do something to give me extra magnesium. So whether that was take an extra magnesium supplement, whether that was go ahead and you know take a magnesium bath right away, or even just try to eat some kind of magnesium-rich food. So I would be doing smoothies with spinach and cacao powder to just give me that extra magnesium because magnesium is super helpful when it does come to headaches and migraines. And then I was trying a couple other homeopathic remedies. I had um, you know, peppermint essential oil. That was really good. I would use that. I would smell that or I would kind of put that on like the back of my neck to help try to ease the tension of the migraine. But at the end of the day, there were a couple times where I just had to take some Tylenol because it was brutal and I needed that to stop. From a nutrition standpoint in the first trimester, again, I was pretty lucky as far as things go. I really did not have any nausea or morning sickness and I really didn't have too many food aversions. There were just some random things that would pop up like What I noticed was the biggest difference is that I, throughout my whole life, have been a meal prep person, or I should say my whole adult life. I have been a meal prep person, so I can cook a meal and I can eat the same thing for three, four days in a row. In the first trimester, maybe two days. (laughs) Like, I could go two days of the same meal and then I would just want nothing to do with it. And funny enough, that's kind of stuck through my whole pregnancy now that I think about it. I can get myself to a three, four day repeat meal, but I do notice that my tolerance of eating the same thing and eating leftovers is a little bit different than pre-pregnancy. The other thing is that I had some random times where there were foods that like I love and I just didn't really want them. Like we went up to Vermont, I think I was nine, 10 weeks pregnant and we went to like one of my favorite restaurants and I just didn't want to eat the food, and it was so shocking. So just little things here or there. But other than that, I was very blessed with, I pretty much could eat all of the same things that I was eating pre-pregnancy and didn't have to make too many changes. Some of the things though that were life-saving for me in that first trimester of pregnancy, and these are things that I do share and recommend with my pregnant clients as well, especially if they are dealing with some food aversions or, you know, lack of appetite, but you still need to make sure you're eating, are these three things. So my homemade gelatin gummies, I was living on those. So if I wasn't feeling like I wanted to eat a full meal, I could just have some gummies and that would be really helpful to at least just get some nourishment, some nutrients into my body. Gummies were also really great for me in the middle of the night. So there were times when I would wake up and I would feel hungry. I didn't want to ignore that because then I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep. 
So I would have a gummy, I'd bring it up to my nightstand every night, and if I ate it, great. If not, I had it the next day or in the morning. Same concept, but nuts were huge for me. So I literally have a bag of pistachios that just like lives on my desk. So if I get hungry in between working, in between client calls, and then I would have a bag of cashews upstairs on my nightstand. So quick little things, and I really tried to prioritize protein. So any kind of food that can even just give me a little bit of protein at that time when, you know, eating can be a little tough. And then the last thing that was huge for me in the first trimester were smoothies. So I knew that if I really just wasn't feeling a cooked meal, I didn't want to eat chicken. I didn't want to eat beef. That just didn't sound good to me. I was able to pack a fully nourishing, nutrient-dense smoothie. And so I was able to use things like blueberries and spinach. I would always add chia seeds for fiber. I would add protein powder, sometimes cacao powder, and then you know my grass-fed milk. And so that was really clutch because I knew I was pretty much getting a full meal and it just made it easier that I was able to sip on it through those times when eating didn't feel so good. So that's the nutrition piece. Nothing, like I said, nothing really too much changed. I just had to make a couple little tweaks here or there. I mean, I definitely went through phases and had some cravings. Like in the beginning, I was just obsessed with eating like sourdough toast with cream cheese. That just felt and sounded really good to me. So I was able to do that. And then I definitely went through a little bit of a cereal phase where I just was like, I just want like cereal with milk. And that is definitely not like me. Um, but I would try to, you know, pick something that, I don't know, minimal ingredients, maybe a little less sugar, but you know, cereal is cereal. It's kind of hard to do that. From an exercise standpoint, I am lucky that I was able to keep moving my body throughout this first trimester. So I was still going to CrossFit. I would be go I would go anywhere like 2 to 3 times a week. And what was nice is that I would wake up, I would eat a little something and then I would go to like a 9 a.m. CrossFit class. So I had like fresh energy at the start of the day. I was able to go. I went at my own pace. So if I was feeling extra fatigued that day, I really slowed things down. But from a movement standpoint, I really did not have to modify much in the first trimester and I'm I'm happy that I was able to keep up with that practice. And then something I want to talk about as far as the first trimester goes is just mindset. And I'm sure that this will resonate with a lot of you if you have ever been pregnant um, or unfortunately if you have ever experienced pregnancy loss. The first trimester is really hard because One, you know, you get to choose who you tell and when, but I feel like a lot of people tell their close family, their close friends, but other than that, it can feel a little isolating. So just that constant, almost worrying was a little bit tough for me. And something that made it very hard, and I think this is an interesting concept, is you know I love FAM. I'm a fertility awareness method educator. I think it is amazing. It is a huge part of how I was able to get pregnant, how I help my clients get pregnant. But something that can be tricky is that once you get pregnant, you almost want to forget those rules. 
You want to forget what you know about cervical mucus because your cervical mucus in pregnancy is wild. And so that was really hard for me is that I was noticing some patterns in my cervical mucus that made me a little nervous. And then even more so, I stopped taking my BBT because I was like, I don't want to even think about the temperatures. I want to just kind of live day by day. But because I have an aura ring, I still was able to see my temperature fluctuations day to day. And why this made me nervous is that progesterone makes our body temperature rise. So in that first trimester, something really cool is that our corpus luteum, which is a temporary gland that is only made after we ovulate, is responsible for producing progesterone. That happens in a cycle whether you are pregnant or not. If you're not pregnant, the corpus luteum starts degenerating after like eight days. If you are pregnant though, the corpus luteum keeps producing progesterone for those first eight, nine weeks of pregnancy until the placenta starts taking over between weeks 10 and 12. So why I was so nervous about the temperature is that in my mind, if I saw a temperature dip, I was afraid that my progesterone production was lacking and that that could cause a potential miscarriage. So again, all of that to say that the mindset piece in that first trimester was definitely a little bit challenging for me. And uh, something interesting that happened in my pregnancy is right around seven weeks, close to eight weeks, I had a day where I had a little bit of spotting. And so again, started to get nervous. You go down the, you know, Google rabbit hole of what that could potentially mean. So I call my midwives. I had not even had a first appointment yet. I was about to go the very next week. They said, you know, it's totally normal. If obviously the bleeding gets worse, if you have cramping, call us back. That could potentially be a sign of a miscarriage. But so the spotting did go away. And then we went to the first appointment. She checked me out. Everything looked good. My cervix was closed. No residual bleeding. All of that. When we go for our 12-week ultrasound, this is like crazy, and um, apparently it's fairly common, but we go, we see the baby, everything looks good, and then all of a sudden the ultrasound tech is like, do you mind if I like get another look at something? And so I look at Tony and I'm like, oh God, what does this mean? All of a sudden she panned over to a second amniotic sac with a little embryo that had stopped growing right around seven weeks. So what that means is that my pregnancy did actually start out as a twin pregnancy, but the one twin just stopped growing and they call that a vanishing twin. So the seven week spotting was probably correlated with that second twin that did not keep growing and did not you know, keep progressing. So just a little interesting side note of something that happened to us in that first trimester. But other than that, I mean, like I said, the first trimester, pretty smooth other than, you know, the super rough fatigue and the few migraines that I had. All right, let's bounce right into that second trimester. This is when they say that the second trimester is the honeymoon phase, like it really truly is. I felt like it was a light switch. All of a sudden I hit like 13, 14 weeks and I felt like myself again. It was the weirdest thing. One day I'm exhausted, I feel like crap, and then all of a sudden the next day I'm like, wow, 
okay, I have energy again. I feel really good. <laughs> so the second trimester is really awesome because of that. You get to just kind of move through pregnancy. And again, this isn't everyone's experience. I know that there are some people who continue to feel pretty rough throughout their second trimester. But for me, I really did start feeling good. I got my energy back. Um, I noticed it pretty much right away as far as my workouts went. I just had more of like a pep in my step. And I was able to, again, really continue crossfitting. I was able to pick up my intensity. Not like that was a priority to me, but I just felt like I was moving better. I did start modifying exercises in my second trimester, especially as as soon as I started to get a bump. I pretty much stopped using a barbell for any kind of like Olympic lifting. I stopped doing barbell cleans. I stopped doing barbell snatches just because I didn't feel like it was really necessary for me to have to change my whole bar path just because my bump was growing. There are plenty of movements that I could do to still get the same stimulus in a different way. So I switched to a lot of dumbbell work. Um, I was not really doing any more jumping at that time. So instead of box jumps, I was doing a lot of box step ups. Instead of jump rope, I was getting on the bike and doing some cardio that way. So those were really the main modifications. As I got a little further into the second trimester, and again, the bump started getting bigger, I made even more modifications. So instead of doing regular push-ups on the ground, I was doing push-ups to a box so that I could give myself that um, elevation, kind of taking away that range of motion. Same thing as far as overhead presses and core movements. I mean, I think that's probably the main one, right? I stopped doing sit-ups in the second trimester, and then I really was feeling more pressure, you know, as my bump was growing. So lower pressure, round ligament pressure, and I knew that it was time to really start modifying. Luckily, I have a really fantastic set of coaches at my CrossFit gym, and I also see a fantastic pelvic floor physical therapist, which I will talk about now and how that is so important to my pregnancy experience. So In the second trimester, I feel like I really started focusing on prepping my body and mind for birth. So one of the very first things I did was I went back to seeing my pelvic floor physical therapist. I cannot say enough good things about pelvic floor PT. I have been seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist roughly since 2021 on and off because I was dealing with some issues even then. I was dealing with things like pain during sex. I was getting a lot of hip pain. And I found out that all of that is related to having a tight pelvic floor. And a lot of that is connected to not knowing how to breathe properly while exercising, being very stressed out and holding a lot of tension. And again, not not relaxing my pelvic floor, not breathing. So I love pelvic floor PT. And if you have questions about it, shoot me a DM and I can absolutely point you to some amazing resources as far as that goes. But I knew that in pregnancy, I really needed to get back with that because my whole pelvic floor is going to be having a ton of pressure. My uterus is growing. There's going to be a growing baby all of that, putting that pressure on that pelvic floor. So I started seeing her again to really work on breathing techniques, relaxation techniques. She gave me great modifications for exercises. And I highly, highly recommend that if you are pregnant, even if you just go for one session, find a local pelvic floor PT, 
do it while you're pregnant so that you don't have problems when you're postpartum. And you will probably still want to see one when you're postpartum. I plan on it, but it's really great to do the preparation ahead of time. The other thing I started doing is that I started seeing a Webster-based chiropractor every other week in the second trimester. If you're not familiar, Webster Chiropractic is a pregnancy-specific form of chiropractic care. So you really want to make sure that when you are looking for a chiropractor, you find someone who is certified with this Webster technique. And I really, truly believe that that is a big piece of why I've continued to feel good throughout my pregnancy. Basically, she would just make sure that my pelvis was in the right position if things got misaligned, which is very possible as you're growing, as your whole center of gravity is changing. And that has been really good. So I haven't really had any low back pain. It's been really, really nice to kind of focus on that. And then the last thing I really started doing for my actual body, as far as body work goes, is I've been getting prenatal massages once a month for my whole second and third trimester. And what's really awesome about that is one, it's self-care because massages are amazing and it's a nice treat for yourself. But there's so much happening that the lymphatic drainage aspect of a massage is amazing in pregnancy. So I really did not experience a lot of swelling, a lot of inflammation because I was able to have these monthly massages. They were able to go in and just work on any tight muscles and kind of massage away all of that inflammation. So that's the body piece. And then from a mindset piece, something really amazing that I did in the second trimester was I took a five-week hypnobirthing course. And so it is a goal of mine, and I'll talk a little bit more about this coming up, but my birth plan is to have an unmedicated birth. So I know and I knew that I would not be able to just go into that blind. I need to prepare myself mentally. So one of my former clients actually who had a baby recently, she did this hypnobirthing course and she said she was able to have a really amazing, really great experience through her labor and delivery. So I love, I loved the hypnobirthing course. I thought it was wonderful. What was really cool about it is you learn breathing techniques, you learn relaxation techniques, and then you just get to learn information about pregnancy and labor and delivery as well. So I highly, highly recommend doing something like that. Whether or not you want an unmedicated birth, it's a really great tool to just be able to have those relaxation techniques because pregnancy can be stressful and labor is gonna be stressful. So even if you plan on having an epidural, having some relaxation techniques throughout the whole process would be extremely, extremely helpful. All right, and then the last thing that I'm gonna talk about for the second trimester is the glucose test. So I had the glucose test done at the first day of my 28th week. So technically the very first day of my third trimester. But I wanna talk about it in the second trimester because I think what I focused on in the second trimester was really helpful for that. Now, everyone's body is different. Our body responds to insulin very differently in pregnancy, which is why they do this test in the first place. So just because I was able to do some things and pass my glucose test doesn't mean that the next person 
could do the same things as me and also pass. Everyone's body is different and how your body responds is different. But I really focused on blood sugar balance throughout my entire pregnancy. And you've probably heard me talk about this a lot as far as menstrual cycles and how we can have energy and minimize PMS. And it's because blood sugar balance really connects so much to our hormone health. So why wouldn't it also connect to our health during pregnancy? So something that I really focused on as far as blood sugar balance was getting some form of protein with every meal and as much as I could every snack. So even on the days where I just like wasn't feeling protein, I would say to myself, okay, if I don't want to eat chicken, can I at least, you know, have a smoothie with protein powder? Or better yet, even easier, if I'm not really feeling like eating this big meal, can I at least have some yogurt? Or can I have some cheese? Or can I have something that's going to give me a little bit of protein, a handful of nuts, right? So I really prioritized as much as I could on getting protein throughout the day. Another thing I did to really help balance my blood sugar was eating consistently throughout the day. And that was a big switch that I had to do. And I noticed in the first trimester, I was able to kind of go my normal three to five hours in between meals. Once I hit that second trimester though, I realized I had to eat every like two to three hours. And so instead of panicking and being like, well, why am I so hungry? I just ate. I allowed my body to eat and I listened to my hunger signals and that really helps to balance blood sugar so that you aren't getting to a point where you're hangry and you have cravings and then you're, you know, digging into whatever is easiest and quickest. And then keeping up with my exercise and my movement routine, that is also super helpful for balancing blood sugar. So I continued to strength train. I continued to lift weights throughout my pregnancy. I continued to go on walks. That is all super helpful when it comes to working to balance blood sugar. So finally, let's move into the third trimester. So I know that I have not fully completed my third trimester yet because I haven't given birth, but I'm pretty close to the end, so this will be the third trimester update. I definitely noticed a switch in my body as far as physically how things were changing. So the third trimester, by far the most physically difficult on my body. And I mean that in a couple of ways. The first thing is obviously, you know, throughout that second trimester, your bump grows rapidly. Your body changes rapidly. By the third trimester, you know, there's a, a big change. <laughs> your, your center of gravity is different. Um, something I noticed is that like I couldn't be on my feet as often or as long. I would definitely need to rest more. So the, the physical demands of the third trimester have been a little bit challenging. I had a couple experiences where I definitely overdid it and you might be thinking, oh, you overdid it working out. No, I literally overdid it by taking too long of a car ride and not listening to my body and not stopping just to stand up and get up or go to the bathroom. So that's a little bit of a tip and a recommendation is once you hit that third trimester, do not push it. Even if you're like, oh, we're going to be there in 20 minutes. I can hold it. It'll be okay. Don't because your body is so different now. There's so much pressure being put on your bladder, on your pelvic floor. 
that we need to stand up. We need to change positions. So I definitely learned that the hard way. Um, the other thing as far as my body goes that's been interesting is that I am having this battle what, between my mind and my body. My mind is telling me I can do all these things and there's so much to get done in the house and you want to do this and you want to do that. But my body is like, no, bitch, you need to slow down. It is time to sit. It is time to put your feet up. It is time to read a book. So that's definitely something I've had to grapple with a lot in the third trimester. As far as prepping my body for labor, that has been a big focus in the third trimester. So something really cool that we did was my midwife group offers a labor rehearsal class. So this is an in-person class. It was run by the midwife assistants who are also doulas and they basically just taught us hands-on techniques that I can be in, positions I can be in, things that Tony can do to help me while we're in those early stages of labor. So I highly recommend if you have access to something like that, going in person because it was really, really amazing to be able to get you know, Tony to do counter pressure on me and the midwives to be able to give me some feedback and give Tony some feedback. So highly recommend. The other thing I've been really working on in the third trimester is I downloaded a Spinning Babies Yoga Flow video. So I've been working on that. It's a super easy sequence, but it is designed to make sure that the baby is getting into a good position. And if you have not heard of Spinning Babies, you can check out their Instagram account. They have some pretty cool content. And then I'm trying out some of the things that there's some studies, but a lot of it is anecdotal. Um, so I've definitely been increasing my intake of red raspberry leaf tea. I have been increasing my intake of dates. I'm not, I'm not going crazy with it. So I'm not stressing myself out if I don't eat six dates a day every single day, but I've been trying to incorporate dates as snacks. So I'll put them into my energy bites if I make those. Or I really like dates with cheese. It's like a salty, sweet kind of snack. So that's a way that I've been doing it. Sometimes I'll throw some dates into a smoothie, but we'll see. I'm just adding these things, not necessarily because I'm hoping that they're going to make a huge difference in my labor, but mostly because I don't mind them and I can make them pretty easy as far as snacks go. Something also interesting is that and again, I'm assuming pretty much all pregnant women deal with this at some point, but the nesting has been on another level. And this goes back to that battle between my mind and my body. My mind is like, you have to do this. You have to clean that. You have to prep that. But I can really only do so many things a day. So just trying to tell myself it's okay to relax and give myself that time. But one thing I've really been putting my nesting energy towards is prepping a lot of meals and snacks for postpartum. And while I don't have the lived experience yet of what life is going to be like postpartum, I can already tell just by having some of these things prepped, it's going to make our lives so much easier. So essentially what I've been doing is I'm picking some of my favorite meal prep recipes, I'm making them ahead of time, and then I'm just putting them in freezer containers super simple so we can just pull it out, defrost it, heat it up, and at least have something that we can eat for a couple days in a row. And not only am I doing that with my meals, I'm also doing that with snacks. And I wanna share this with all of you. When I work with women postpartum, especially 
breastfeeding women. Our bodies, when you are breastfeeding, our bodies need a surplus of like 500 calories. That's how much effort it takes to breastfeed. So that is really something I'm trying to think about now is how can I have enough food on hand to make it easy so that Tony can just go heat something up for me to eat, grab some snacks for me to eat so that I'm really able to keep up with that calorie surplus. The other thing too is that pregnancy puts such a demand on our body. We become so depleted in vitamins and minerals throughout the course of pregnancy. So I'm really trying to you know, prioritize that as much as possible, make sure that I have plenty of electrolytes on hand, make sure that I have easy ways to get adrenal cocktails in there in that postpartum season. And uh, that kind of goes into the nutrition piece a little bit more. One thing I also switched in my third trimester was I moved into making more of a homemade prenatal for myself. So I didn't mention this in the first trimester, but I started with Seeking Health prenatal. After doing some research, I really liked that, that company. I liked what was in that prenatal, but you have to take eight pills a day. And while I didn't really have any nausea, I definitely had issues with swallowing pills. So that wasn't working so well for me. (laughs) So I then switched to Smarty Pants gummy prenatals. Again, don't have everything that I necessarily love in there, but it was an easy way for me to just kind of check a lot of boxes. And then in addition to the prenatals, I was also focusing on magnesium supplementation because Our bodies burn through magnesium when we are stressed. Pregnancy is the ultimate stressor on our body. So that was always an additional sup. In the third trimester, though, I moved to beef liver to kind of check a lot of boxes as far as nutrients go. I added in a cod liver oil supplement because I was a little bit low on vitamin D when they did my third trimester blood work. I was taking vitamin E and... I'm missing something. Oh, just magnesium. So that's kind of been the cocktail that I've been doing as more of a homemade prenatal in this third trimester. Again, that's what I'm doing. That's after conversations I've had with my midwives. You need to make sure that you are talking with your medical professionals as far as what your needs are when it comes to supplementation during pregnancy. But something interesting that I noticed in the third trimester was that I was craving, and I still am, but I have been craving red meat like crazy, and it makes sense. Our iron needs increase in that third trimester, so I've really been noticing a need for my body to have these iron-rich foods. So that's what I've been doing. I've been making a lot of grass-fed beef and just you know going with what sounds good as far as that goes. From an exercise standpoint, Definitely have had to make the most changes in the third trimester as far as as modifications go, but I'm still lifting. I'm not treating myself like a delicate flower because I don't need to. (laughs) It feels good. If things were not feeling good from the exercise standpoint, I would obviously be making changes, but it still feels good to strength train. It still feels good to do some cardio on the bike when I go to CrossFit. And then, like I said, I've been adding in more of the stretching, more of the yoga sequences. 
on the days that I don't feel like going to the gym. So that's, yeah, that's been my pregnancy journey so far. Um, I will definitely do another episode about the tail end of my pregnancy and about my birth story when that happens. But so far, things have been really good. I am really lucky and really blessed as to how this pregnancy has been going. So one question I got that I, I want to share, because I thought this was a really nice question, was what have I been doing as far as self-care throughout pregnancy? So what have I been able to keep the same? And then what is something specific I've been doing in pregnancy for self-care? And so to answer that question, something that has been staying the same is that I have really been prioritizing a slow morning. So I wake up, I have the same breakfast every day. It's pretty much just a yogurt and a grain-free granola from Trader Joe's. And then I spend time drinking my coffee and reading. And that has been so nice of just starting the day on a slow note. And I really think that's been helpful as far as relaxation and calming my mind and doing that. As far as something I've added in, I already mentioned this, but the the prenatal massages have been amazing. And that is something that I am prioritizing from a financial standpoint. It's important to me to get that prenatal massage once a month. I feel amazing. I think it has helped me mentally and physically throughout this pregnancy. So those are definitely the two biggest things as far as self-care goes. But it has been fun kind of recapping all of this and sharing all of this with you. After listening to it, if you have any questions about anything that I mentioned, feel free to shoot me a message, whether you're trying to conceive, whether you're pregnant, whether you just want to chat and hear a little bit more about my experiences. I am all ears. But this is going to be the final episode of this initial go at the Let's Get Cyclical podcast. So If you want me to keep up with it, I would absolutely love it if you would subscribe, if you would leave me a review, whether you do that on Spotify or whether you shoot me a message and let me know, you know, do you like it? Have you been enjoying it? What are some topics that you'd like to hear for a potential second season? But it has been really fun and I'm so appreciative of all the conversations that I've had based on you guys listening to these podcast episodes and I definitely would love to continue it in the future. So for the time being, come on over to my Instagram at your.period.coach. Shoot me a message. Tell me what resonated with you from these eight episodes of the Let's Get Cyclical podcast.